0: Hello and welcome to the Clockwork Around You podcast. Yeah, I didn't feel uh, feel like an upbeat, positive introduction to this episode would really be appropriate for the time. Yeah, because Holland are out of the Euros after a 2-0 defeat to Czech Republic, and that is what we're going to be discussing in the episode today. So, um, yeah, I'm Finley Kribolder. As always, joining me is Peter McVitie for this. Uh, Peter, how are you?
1: Hello. Uh... I'm recovering. I'm, uh, I'm recovering with I guess. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a dark, dark couple of days until we figure out what's happening next.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a strange time. It's a strange time. I think. Uh, well, I, I mean, as as we record this, reports are coming out from Holland that Frank de Boer's departure is imminent. So. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you—you—if you, you may be listening to this at a time when the has already been sacked so, or resigned, so if so, congratulations—you're in a happier world than us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll take a look at what what needs to happen next in terms of managerial changes in a second. But before that, uh, we're going to start off by discussing the the match specifically, which was yeah a two 0 defeat to the Czech Republic. Uh, both goals conceded after De Ligt got a red card. But I mean, uh, as I'm sure you will know, I was at the match in Budapest, and about 20 minutes in, I just turned to my sister. I said, "Yeah, I think we're gonna lose this." Just, I think it just kind of had that feeling from pretty early on before the red card. I mean, did you did you feel that way too? Yeah, I felt it was
1: on edge. Uh, I probably wasn't as uh, convinced as you, but um, I definitely. The way they were attacking had me really worried. Um, it was obviously a lot of people were just uh, justified about uh, the, the fact that Marlon was on, but they weren't really using him properly, which is uh, just a bit frustrating. But also just the way Czech Republic we were putting them under a bit of pressure and uh, came close a couple of times in the, in the first half. Had me, uh, had me. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was as a thought. I thought it was going to be pretty tight. We didn't really have a lot of faith against for the Netherlands against a team like Czech Republic. enough. I don't think um, it was always going to be a difficult one. But it was just they were um, much more capable than the Netherlands should have let them be. And yeah, they just sort of, I guess. There a lot of control to the Czech Republic, in a way. So, yeah, I was, I was start to get
0: worried quite early. It just felt weird. I think Memphis and Vinauden particularly, didn't really seem up for it. I'm not sure if it was maybe the hot weather or they were a bit fatigued after the first three matches or I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just speculation. But, I mean, early on, it just felt, it felt wrong. And, I mean, Frankie de Jong was kind of complaining every single thing that happened it yeah it felt really weird it felt like such um yeah mentality wise i don't think a lot of the team were in a particularly good place which is really strange it kind of came out of nowhere but it's pretty dutch i guess (laughs) it's happened before it'll happen again um yeah i I mean yeah i mean uh, afterwards De Boer said that it was kind of the red card that killed things, and and before that, they were in control. But I mean, that 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 wasn't the case, was it? I mean, even before the red card, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have one shot on target in the second half with eleven men. There was just, uh, I don't think it was the red that killed us, really, was it?
1: No, and it's it was always going to be easy to just be like, yeah, well, everything's. Different if Marlin buries that chance and then if the left doesn't stumble and, and hardball it. But yeah, it was definitely, yeah, as you see, it was sort of looked like they were, they were going to lose even well before the Netherlands at no point. It looked looked comfortable. Their use of the ball was absolutely shocking. I mean, one of the big um, reasons that Secklinburg gets to start ahead of Tim Krul is his distribution. But he uh, he constantly just gave the ball to Czech Republic. There was really no way for him to build up. And they were just launching the ball at, at Daniel Marlin and just hoping that it would bounce behind the, the defence and that he'd be able to run onto it and, and score. That was really the, the game plan for most of it. And, and yeah, I was just really surprised by how the the game plan that they had had changed so much for this game. It was It was just so shallow, so thin. And, yeah, they just at no point really looked comfortable. Memphis was looking shaky. Fijnaldum was basically not there. They completely just sailed over the midfield. Uh, and it kind of, I think, it's the uh, easy comparison to make, But when, during had Hiddink and Blank era, it was as if there was no midfield whatsoever again. And that was something that De Bruyne has done a couple of times where uh, they just sort of bypassed and this time it was literally just send the ball sailing over them um, but even uh, defensively they, there was no fighting in midfield at all Czech Republic were sort of yeah, muscling through them quite a bit um, yeah, it was still anyone's game basically at that point but there was nothing
0: to say that, that the Netherlands were on their way to a win. No. no, no. I mean, it's just, it's really strange that, like you said, we uh, things seem to be so different to the first three matches. Um, I mean, the first three matches, like our build-up, was generally, uh, we'd play it short from a goal kick. Uh, I mean, yeah, we would go long to Dumfries sometimes, because he's obviously really good in the air and can get us up the pitch, but We'd also go short. We'd kind of give it to Blind. Um, he'd find De Jong or he'd find Memphis, who are our two most dangerous players. And we'd build up from there. And it, it worked out pretty well. You know, we kind of build up on the left and you've got a Dumfries all the way on the other side on the right and loads of space. And yeah, it, it worked. And then, I don't know, things just, things seem so different for this match for some reason. I mean, Stakenberg was just hoofing it time after time after time against a Czech Republic side that isn't 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 bad in the air at all, you know. They're pretty pretty strong, pretty big. So, yeah, that seemed confusing. Yeah, Wijnaldum, Me- who was a really big influence in the group stages, just didn't get on the ball at all. He had something like 10 passes completed, yeah. which is insane for a centre midfielder. Yeah, it's just, it all changed so much. Um, and yeah, I don't know why, because, I mean, it was the same players, obviously. There's a lot of speculation. Was it kind of the heat? You know, Deborah had uh, only taken the squad there a day earlier, so they hadn't really acclimatized to the hot weather. And I can confirm it was very hot. Uh, I'm sitting here rather sunburnt as we speak. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you yeah, know, they're professional footballers. That shit, that's no excuse, really. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's made a bit easier by the fact that you look at it and you think we never really would have gotten much further. I mean, if we if Malenbury's that chance, we don't get the red card, we hold on to win 1-0. Can we really beat Denmark anyway, you know? I don't know. I, I don't feel like it was a big what-if moment and things could have been really different. I think this was maybe just a matter of time and if it didn't happen against Czech Republic, it was going to happen later.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean that's kind of been our uh, stance throughout. I think the way that they completely collapsed is, is is so disappointing. But um yeah, I think there are obviously just much better teams in this tournament. They they didn't deserve to win. They can't they can't really feel cheated. Um and they can't feel too hard done by in, in any respect about the, the red card because those a way to, to, to react to getting a man sent off. Teams could make it through without, without one player. And fair enough, left had been excellent in the game. I mean, he was one of their best players, but they, I, I, I can't work out what De Boer was going for by taking Lallon off and putting promise on I, I don't understand what promise was supposed to add. Um, yeah, it just, it was a strange change. And, yeah, the the manner of that that just collapse was unbelievable. It was just, they just, as you say, they looked strange all the way through it, they looked off. And the fact that they just couldn't really change that plan enough throughout the game was terrible to Boer.
0: I think the change after the red card was just, yeah, it was insane. I mean... I thought as soon as Delic got sent off, I I immediately thought, okay, Timber's going to come on. Um, it'll be like for like change, and I don't know, maybe he'll you stick with three at the back and take um, a, a midfielder off, and Memphis goes, so maybe you know, take Van uh, off. Memphis goes a bit further, and Malin's up front on his own. But yeah, when Promise came on for Malin, I was like, I couldn't believe it, you know. And you, you go to we switched to a back four from a back five when, so you've lost a man. And in response, you take a defender out in your formation and put Quincy promise on. And it just, yeah, it didn't make any sense. It was just crazy. Um, but I mean, I don't know I, I think before we get into De Boer and what he did wrong and you know, what needs to happen. I think, I, I, I don't, I think the players need to take, a lot of the blame as well um I know that it's not that's it it's you know we can't sack 11 players and it's not that simple but uh and I'm not saying we should but it's like I don't know the ball gets all of the blame and it does bug me a bit that, that these players who I mean just didn't show up didn't look like they cared at all I mean yeah France went out last night right to Switzerland but they I don't know they at least showed that they gave a damn I think uh they've fought really hard and they went out on penalties and you know it is it, still a disaster for the team but I looked at it and still thought okay at least they've kind of tried whereas I mean I, I don't know I look at Memphis and Wijnaldum and I mean they're meant to be the leaders of the team you know And um, I think without Van Dyke we needed someone to step up um and they just didn't, did they? I mean, once De Licht went off, I think we, we didn't have any kind of leadership on the pitch, which you really need with 10 men.
1: Yeah, no one uh, vocal or uh, aggressive enough. I mean, Ben is a leader. I think he is a, a good captain, but he's... Yeah, you, you can't really imagine him being the type that's really going to shake them up uh, when they are facing some sort of uh, adversity like this. Memphis, as a leader, is... A kind of lead by example type guy who wants to be the hero, really. And is a bit more individual in that sense, and so it's not really the type. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right about um, the, the players just being absent. I mean, yeah, the fact that Allden only was basically never in the game was was terrible. He was just so easily beaten to the ball in the build up to the second goal. Uh, by Thomas Holes <coughs> that I thought it really sort of summed up um, a lot about this game it was just it was that uh, Holes was aggressive and just determined to get that ball and uh, Vinaldo just had the head start but just couldn't just didn't get to it and then uh, had uh, Dumfries stepping up at the wrong time which just made it easy for Holes to just charge right through into that gap and Set up the set up the goal, and yeah, it was it. It was just a, a strange mix of the systemic issues with this everyone's team the, uh, under the Boer, but also, yeah, these players just being really lethargic um, and yeah, being lost as, as soon as they were under real pressure in that game, they just, they didn't really know what to do. Yeah, I no. think Van Dijk would have been there to uh, Bring some presence and some fear and discipline back to the team, but uh, yeah, it just it wasn't there. And it was it was a revealing performance in that respect.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's really worrying. I think it as well, and that it was. I think uh, you know De is a lot to blame, and he deserves to to lose his job for it. Because I mean. Uh, We've tried to convince that, uh, it. Well, I have definitely in the group stages at least that maybe he's kind of got got a hold on things. Um, I think it showed that wasn't the case really, but I do, I, do, I do look at that team and wonder with how they kind of mentally reacted to, to things. Do you think that's... I don't know, do you think that's only that it, with a different manager, that reaction would have been different or is that just how the players are at the moment, how the Dutch national team is in terms of uh, personnel?
1: I think yeah, you can compensate for the mental sort of fragility in some sense by just making the right choices on the field, basically uh, as, a, as a manager. Um, I don't know if uh, Lou like Carl would have terrified them enough for a sideline to really get them going in a different way. I don't think Ronald Koeman would have, but they at least would have had the foresight to change the shape in the right way um, and bring some sort of sense of control back to the midfield for example um, and yeah not make them completely toothless by taking off the one player who's actually posed any sort of threat and so there would have been a difference from other managers for sure but the fact that the players themselves couldn't really handle uh, and couldn't really lift themselves up again was pretty jarring because it was just a, a complete collapse from from a team that had become one of the standouts from a group stage. That should have, if you're talking about the mental side of it, that should have given them a big boost.
0: Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I watched the first three matches on TV and on TV you have uh lots of different camera angles you can see kind of from above you can watch replays or pause or whatever and you get a pretty good idea of like team shapes and whatnot so when i was at the stadium and things looked because i had a seat uh pretty high up above like one of the goals and things looked completely different but i thought well yeah that's normal you know i'm not watching with like tv cameras now um Mm -hmm. But the team like settled completely different. The way of playing, you know, uh, the build-up from the back. And, yeah, I think, like, looking back now, and, I mean, I haven't watched the highlights of the match because I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> but, you know, I've seen, like, um, gifts of the goals and stuff, uh, or, or misses and stuff. And, yeah, we just did seem to be playing in a, a completely different way to to how we'd played in the group stages, which... I don't know why, because I don't think with all due respect to them, I don't think Czech Republic are a team with enough quality to justify you kind of completely changing your own style to like, uh, to, to cater to them, to, to play again. You know, I think this Dutch team should have just enough quality on its own to beat them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's get into what everybody's probably here for the, the Frank de Boer discussion. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, like we've said, you know, the players need to take responsibility, of course. But at the end of the day, the, the guy that, the whose job it is, I suppose, to motivate his players and to set them up in the right way tactically is the manager. And I mean, after a successful group stage, I guess, and the fact that we got three wins, yeah, things just kind of fell apart for DeBoer. And uh, it's kind of what what we what we feared when he was appointed, I guess, isn't it? What happened?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we the appointment was probably the worst thing that we could have imagined. I think when we talked about it, the switch to the three five two only gave us more reason for concern, considering that it was something that the Brewer had never shown any interest in before. A bit dogmatic usually about the four three three or three four three. So this newfound flexibility was. Uh, at least a, a positive uh, sign on his reg- on his uh, side, but it's something that he obviously just didn't quite think all the way through. through there were there's so many details about about the the way to use it that had never that they never really clicked in on, and so it just makes it all the more confusing, I guess, uh, and just. Um, a bit more irritating because it was uh, an opportunity for somebody who had previously been one of the most promising managers in world football uh, to basically recover his reputation after failing so much. It was uh, uh, incredible that he managed to fail upwards into the Netherlands job, but he just sort of hoped that he would take his chance, especially considering he was given a chance to float into a major tournament off the back of someone else's work. Um, but, yeah, to, to be so um, self-destructive, I guess, uh, in that way was, uh, was pretty incredible. And it it's feels kind of half because they did win those first three games and they had that perfect uh, group stage. But, yeah, they still, at no point did they look really like a top team. They always looked uh, vulnerable. The players that they had, yeah, you, you should at least be looking strong against a team like Czech Republic. Yeah, just the, the manner of it as well, obviously, is I it's, it's, it's the main thing. Uh, yeah. If they if they lose to the Czech Republic by freak occurrences but looked good, then, yeah, you can forgive them, but you can't just rely on that allowing the less chance. You can't all... Just sealed out that in a similar way, like um, the 2010 World Cup final can't just go beyond that list of logging tracks, you know. There's just so many other options for them in the recover, and um, the season's all falling. And uh, yeah, I thought that uh, Van der Vaart's um, analysis in the, the game on NOS was pretty good, where he was like, uh, why is he bringing on promises of no one on the bench who can, like, stop him and be like, should we actually do this? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, thought, I thought that was great because you just you just need uh, somebody to make them stop and think, yeah, this is moronic, this is a, a preposterous <laughs> decision. And uh, Ibrahim lot, he really held on him last night where he was asked, like, what is the bird added? And he was like, absolutely nothing. He's added nothing. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but you can't, you don't need to be a mathematician to come to the conclusion. Uh, and that's it, I mean, it's just so obvious. Everybody can just easily pick apart the, the weaknesses in that team. I mean, they were waiting for it. They were waiting for a team to just take control in that respect. And Czech Republic did it, to be fair to them. Um, Netherlands, I think, played the played into their hands. And as we say, they they actually changed their playing style a bit to do that, which makes it all the more perplexing. It's not as if they just played in this way all the time and it just happened to be they were coming up against an opponent they could could take advantage of. It was like Netherlands basically went out of their way to accommodate the Czech Republic almost. And uh, so it just leaves so much of a mystery around... The, the actual potential of this team and what he can do, but it makes you wonder just what the Boer has as a coach. Anymore. I mean, at the start of his career, he seemed tactically um, aware and pretty positive and had ideas and also seemed to be the type of uh, new generation coach that would would learn a bit and would challenge himself and would really devote himself to becoming better. And then after again, I'd say it was the first three years even though they did win the fourth uh, title but it was just at some point after that it all disappeared and he's gone from somebody who had a philosophy that was capable of being developed further and, and, and being adapted to different situations and then he became a sort of typical Dutch coach who just wanted to play four-three-three, pass a lot, uh, have a lot of possession, and that's total football. And that isn't. That's not, the, that's not really the, the style that the Dutch are known for. It just sort of looks like it, but it isn't. And now he, he, he couldn't motivate his players to, to get up from this game. Uh, and he also didn't know what to do tactically. And it's like, well, yeah, I feel
0: I was right. What what does this guy add? It's it's nothing. No, I mean that's the, I mean, you mentioned it to me last night about um an old uh, documentary and and the was saying that it's was kinda of comparing Van Gaal and Hiddink. Um and he was like yeah, Van Gaal's a better manager probably, better tactically, uh, taught uh, taught the players more, but but we'd we'd run through walls for Hiddink, you know? Um yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing, isn't it? To be a good manager, I guess, with a national team as well, um, you need to have, you need to either be really kind of tactically intelligent and set your team up so well um, that mentality is kind of not quite as important, um, or you need to be really motivating them, you know, and you need to make them care a lot and give their all in every match and then. Their individual quality will be what wins you the games. Yeah, uh, and but both both approaches can work depending on the squad. But I mean, the Borges he don't, he he doesn't have either of that, does he? I mean, since he's become the manager, he tactically, you know, things haven't been innovative. And I don't know the players don't seem to be. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't seem to be motivating the players. You know, he doesn't seem to be kind of. Making them uh, put their body on the line for him, I don't think. Which, yeah. you know, and I, you need one of these things, don't you, to, to to succeed as the manager of of any team, really. So you just wonder why. I don't know. I think he he must have used to have that because I mean he ch- achieved a lot of success at Ajax at first, but it's all just kind of seemingly gone away, really. Um, yeah, and he was
1: he was somebody for like the final details and somebody who. Would be aggressive and get something out of his players. Like I remember, there was one crucial um, moment that made me like have a lot of respect for him. It was like um, I actually played in NAC making. and there was uh, it's been so long now, but there was like a throw-in, and uh, something went happened. They actually it wasn't like they completely gave the ball away or gave away a, a massive chance, but a few minutes after it, the they had a drinks break uh, because it was just in, in the summer, and he went crazy at Christian Eriksen for being looking disinterested in that moment of of the throw in, and he he tore him apart in front of everybody and in front of the TV cameras, and it was something that most managers and most people uh, wouldn't really pick up on, but to De Burr, it was it was massive. It was a huge problem, and it was to me. I, I was like, what? Well, guys uh he he's really cares but he he cared enough to really refocus Ericsson a bit and be like, yo, there's at no moment can you switch off in this. There's no time uh to even if we're winning comfortably against the NAC, which they were uh and the, there's at no point can you be complacent. Um and yeah that was he was that was the beginning of uh, uh, the, the start, of the, the way up for him, really. Uh, he, was, he was excellent in those first few years. And he, yeah, he had those things, he had these um, aspects, um, and yet they were, they were gone.
0: You know, if, you, if you're playing for a manager that you really, really, you know, love and want to do well for, then I think that kind of comes naturally anyway, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think the players had that with Koeman, you know, I think he did a really good job in that sense. And I'm not sure De Boer's ever really had that connection with the squad as much. Um, he comes across as quite kind of cold a lot of the time, I think. And yeah, I think if, if you have a character like that, then you need to be, I don't know. You need to compensate for it with, by being a, a tactical genius, I guess a bit like Van Gaal is. And, uh, yeah, De Boer just didn't have that, really. Um, I mean, yeah, looking ahead, as we record this, the KNVB are in discussions with the De, Bo- De Boer about his future. Uh, various Dutch publications have reported that, that his departure is imminent. So it looks like it's going to happen, which um, is a bit of a surprise to us, actually. I th- we were saying that, well, I think we were both pretty confident that the KNVB wouldn't sack him because to do that would be an admission of their wrongdoing. And that's not something the KNVB generally do. So it is a bit of a surprise, but um, well, I don't want to say pleasant surprise because I feel a bit bad. I mean, it is a guy losing maybe his last shot at being a top manager. And he is someone that's given a lot to Dutch football as a player. Um, but I think it, it, it's, it's the right decision for the for the future of the team, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just don't see how things are going to be different um, for, the, for the World Cup if they make it. Um, it's maybe if they really do want to boycott the competition, they'll keep them in charge. Which, I in that sense, <laughs> would be fair to me. But, um, yeah, I just don't see what they can expect to, to be different. And Uh, I mean, the start of the World Cup campaign itself has been pretty um, terrifying, to be honest with you. I mean, they lost 4-2 to a team uh, that offered absolutely nothing uh, in this Euros. Um, Sorry, I'm about to go into another Turkey razor like I did last week. But um, yeah, there's only been a couple of decent performances from this Netherlands team. uh, And it's never been... The only full game it's been, probably, was Austria. Um, but that was, I mean, they were coming up against the team that played like, really into their hands. They lined up the same shape and it easy for the Netherlands to mark them everywhere. And also, Austria didn't really have much creativity and any real spark to, to, to threaten the Netherlands. Uh, other than that, we had the second half against Gibraltar and the second half against North Macedonia. Um, the game against uh, Ukraine they had really started off real well and with, with the first uh, first half they were putting pressure on the goal but couldn't really take charge of it and uh, then they threw away that two goal lead which just left us worried for, for a lot of it until Dumfries popped up with the winner but um, so the positives throughout since, uh, since he took charge I think he's had uh, 15 games, 16 games. Um, yeah, and there have only been those games, and maybe, I guess you could say, they held their own against Spain and Italy. But, oh. I mean, from what we've seen so far, it's preposterous to think that uh, we're going to get anything dramatically different than any massive from And they need that. I mean, they need. They're starting to slip back towards the the sort of Hemington you know, and Danny Blind sort of side of performances instead of the, the security and stability that they regained under Longview. And they need to arrest that immediately.
0: Yeah, for that, you need a change because I, uh, I think if he stayed, then there's a good chance we could miss out on the world cup which in Qatar wouldn't be the end of the world i don't think to a lot of people um but you know for, for footballing matters alone yeah i I, do, I think it he he can't really stay in his position anymore which is uh yeah like i said it does make me sad because i really wanted him to do well um I felt like this was kind of his last shot to to get a good managerial career together, which is obviously what he wants. And I think now I can't really see a future for him. I mean, maybe he can go back to the Eredivisie one day and then do decently there. But I think so, clubs are just going to have so little kind of confidence in hiring him now. Um, you know, that, that it's hard to see him getting a, a top job again, really. Outside no. of outside of uh, clubs in Holland, um, so yeah, I think it, it is the right decision in here. I think uh, why don't we just try to forget that he ever managed us and just remember him for the good uh, player he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess last thing to do is look at what happens next. It looks like I mean this could all be completely irrelevant and outdated if if uh, the KMB. Dis- Contrary to reports, decides to keep De Boer, but let's assume that he does go at this point. I think the question everybody's asking is who next, because I mean that's not an easy one. I mean that was the issue after Koeman went. You know, yeah. Koeman left, and there weren't really any options, and the came ended up with De Boer, and there aren't any there aren't any more options now. It's the same situation again, um, except I guess Peter Boss is. Less attainable now because he just joined Leon, so yeah. I mean, what do you reckon? What should they do? I mean, Louis Van Gaal is obviously the most popular candidate again. Um, is he the guy to kind of plug the gaps, or do we go for well other candidates? Van Broncos, Koku? I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts in that in that situation?
1: Yeah it's grim man it's, it's grim as you say just like last time it was really difficult to pick uh, anybody um, in terms of Dutch coaches I don't really see anybody available that they can, uh, apart from Vakal um, but like Peter a boss as you say gone Erikenhaar I don't think he would swap Ajax for it I think he probably fancies his next job being uh, just a bigger club Um. Although I, he, I would love him to be, and um, be the coach. Um, then you've got Van Bronckhorst and Koku I don't really like. Maybe Van Bronckhorst could make a decent effort at it, but again, he falls under a similar sort of way of as the bird of not being tactically proficient, but also I don't think he's a great motivator, despite having. I don't know, a successful run at the final. Really just isn't an option for me. Yeah, Varkaal is um, probably the, the natural choice, which is an indictment on uh, on Dutch coaching, really, because uh, yeah, you, you can't just keep falling back on this guy. Um, and I also don't know if he would be the right fit for the qualifying campaign I mean, if he were going into the tournament and you needed the manager, like what happened to the bird, it, Maybe it would, uh, it would make sense, but I just for the qualifying campaign itself, I'm just not sure that he would be in the right fit.
0: And so, I'm, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think I agree with that. I think uh, with the qualifiers so soon, and yeah, I don't know. I, I I remember when when they turned down Van Gaal last time, after Kuma left, after Van Howe effectively, Think he went on like television or spoke to a journalist and said, "Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Um, and everybody kind of wanted them to do it, and we, I'm, I definitely wasn't too keen. I don't think you were either, um, because it's just so different. I think to to what to what we've had, and I get that maybe we need a bit different now because the board didn't work out. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think. I think it's probably the best option. Um, I think if I was the KMVB, then that's that would be the guide approach. But I don't think it's uh, it, it's it's the kind of dream appointment that uh, that a lot of people would make it out to be, just because he is so well. He's so hit and miss, Manhole, isn't he? I mean, I know everybody likes to nostalgia look back at 2014 and his good years with Ajax and his good years with Bayern. but I mean. He also failed to qualify for the 2002 World Cup. Um, mm. His last job in football at Man United wasn't great by any means. Barcelona didn't go too well. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's probably the best option, I think, but it's it's still not a great one. Um,
1: somebody like that just such an animated player, in that sense, but the opposite of what we see with the build now. Um But, yeah, it's just... It, it just wouldn't make sense to, to just revert back to that. Um, I mean, if he turns it down, what are they going to do? Are they going to go to advocate and try and get him out just it's And then they would end up going to Heddy. Um No, nah, I think it would be a good option to go foreign. Yeah, uh, Joaquin love was mentioned last night on the Dutch TV Is an option, and I think it's been written in the, in the media at some point and, I wouldn't be against that to be fair. I mean the problem is that he's made so many questionable decisions uh, as, as Germany manager in the last few years and the last two. Months. it's like, well, is he really gonna come to the uh, honest team and turn uh, everything yeah, around? It's difficult. Um, then it becomes harder to find other options as well, even if he you got that up. That was kind of what it, again, as you say, it was what it was like when it came to replacing kerman There are many options, and it's hard to pick somebody that the kind they would look for outside of the the, the one thing that's, that's pretty sure is that it, it can't be the book.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the only way is up, really, isn't it? Um, it can't really be any worse than it is right now, and so yeah, that's so that kind of makes it. Um, a no-brainer getting rid of him I think because whoever comes out, I don't think could be much worse really um, I think if you're only thinking about maybe the World Cup then maybe Van Gaal the right guy to get in but I think you need to think about the the future of the national team as a whole you know because Van Hal kind of did well in 2014 but it completely just papered over the cracks didn't it that campaign yeah as soon yeah, as he well, left it was, yeah, yeah as soon as he left uh, i think he left it with us just getting third in the world cup and everyone's like oh okay we've got a pretty good future and then it turned out it was just his kind of tactical uh intelligence that had, that had got us that far and there were actually once you don't have a guy like him it, the the deeper problems become exposed and we missed out on two major tournaments and i mean i just i think that there's no reason think that wouldn't happen again you know yeah. um yeah. I mean, really, I think what what we've both been kind of saying, really, is that a Van Gaal type manager would be good in terms of tactical intelligence and everything. But I think it needs to be someone for the long term. Uh, I don't think we gain anything from just having someone who just get us through to the World Cup and then what we start again after that. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's the right call. I think we have a young squad, um, and we can. We should kind of. Get someone in to, to be a bit of a project, I guess, and to grow with that squad and to really get to know it. But I mean, like, uh, like Joachim Loew's did with Germany. Um, I think Gareth Southgate's done it with England as yeah. well. I think we need that. It's just who do you get? It, uh, that's the thing. Is it? There's not too many options in terms of. I mean,
1: that was kind of the kind of his plan uh, initially when it came to replacing Raphaël. I mean, it was supposedly at me. Offered Cummins the chance to take the Danny Blind role with Hiddink, and basically be his assistant and then take over, um, which made zero sense. We, we just give it to and so they, when they Cummins said, "Hell well, I've got a career. <laughs> Why would I do that?" That uh, they just went, "Okay, well, Danny Blind will. He'll do a guy who only who was only a head coach for like four or five months." Um, and so they they did want that sort of uh, a legacy, basically, over a, a, a few years to, to take take them into these tournaments, and um, and also not miss the previous. Um, and so yeah, maybe they, they find a, a new a better way of, of doing that. And it's a good point that you made. I think it would be as uh, sort of. A, the thing that you need for international football at the moment is somebody who can really work with the players over a long period of time and, and sort of build uh, build a squad over across generations instead of just somebody who comes in doesn't get a lot of time to to work with the players and uh, the short bursts that they do.
0: Yeah, I think that's the way that that we should go and. Um... I think, yeah, it's a risk, obviously, because like we said, there's no great options. But then, I don't think Gareth Southgate wasn't a great a great manager before the England job, you know? Um, yeah. And he's, I think, uh, I don't think he's been incredible, but I think he's generally got the most out of the team. And, you know, obviously that depends on how they do against uh, Germany. But I don't know, I think that's the way to go. Um, you know, I mean, we're both well up for a foreign manager being appointed you know uh i uh there's no issues with that i don't think we necessarily have to stay dutch it's just that at this time i mean foreign manager obviously opens things up to the rest of the world so there's so many options and i wouldn't really know where to start right now but uh yeah i mean you know i if if we did that then i'd be okay with it you know i think uh yeah that's uh something that i'm well up for and um I don't know, maybe I'll do some googling after this and see uh, <laughs> who we could potentially get in. Well uh... somehow I think, available, I think. <laughs> We'd be getting Bastos back in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> we well, uh yeah, I guess that's well so it was weird to say that's it for the for the Euro twenty twenty podcast and well for Euro twenty twenty for the Netherlands as a whole. Um Peter, thanks for coming on today and uh, for the other episodes uh, during that's this hard. tournament that sadly uh what more of, but hey, maybe uh, well, the only way's up I guess. Yeah,
1: and has the, and been uh, therapeutic to me talk,
0: talk <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it really is like therapy sessions and uh, <laughs> hopefully that's also the same to everybody listening. Um, if you've made it, through an hour of us just talking about the disaster of a match and the disaster of Frank de Boer, then fair play. I mean, you must, uh, either really hate yourself or, <laughs> or, uh, yeah, just, uh, need it, need to get it out. But either way, thanks. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening uh, to the other episodes as well. And to interacting on, on Twitter and reading the, the articles I've done, it has been, uh, Yeah, it's been a real highlight of a tournament that that on the pitch obviously turned out to be a disappointing one. And, uh, yeah, it makes me really, it's one thing that makes me really excited about the future of the national team. Um, So, yeah, thanks to everyone. And, uh, yeah, we'll, this this won't be the last podcast episode, of course. We, um, I don't know, maybe we'll come back and discuss the new manager whoever that may be uh whenever that may be which feels insane doesn't it i mean it feels like we only did the the deborah episode about a a few months ago and now we're going to be doing it again it's uh yeah it's crazy but um yes we'll 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 see you soon either way and uh yeah until then yeah thanks for, for listening